Welcome to the Seller Roundtable e-commerce coaching and business strategies with Andy Arnott and Amy Wees. She's amazing. And um, she is going to teach us today how we can prepare to sell our businesses. I don't know how many of you guys exiting your businesses, but I don't know what happened there. That was really weird. <laughs> Whoa, that was, that was strange. It, went um, home. <laughs> it, like, it had me join twice. That was really strange. But, um, but anyway, I don't know how many of you guys have thought about exiting your businesses, but I'm sure eventually you do want to exit. And so what have I've learned from Yell over the years here is that it's really important to know how your business might be valued so that you can prepare ahead of time. And it's, it's important to know what things count towards the sale of your business, what things don't count, so that you're able to really think ahead of the game now, begin with the end in mind, and, um, and Yale is amazing. She, her company, Fortunate, has been able to get really great values for people's businesses. Um, so yeah, we're so excited to have you, Yale, and thank you so much for being here. And why don't you tell everybody a little bit more about you? Sure. Um, my name is Yale Kabili. Um, I'm one of the co-founders of uh, Fortunate. Um, it's an investment banking firm that helps sellers selling the business. Uh, we focus mostly on medium and, and large Amazon businesses, uh, mostly FBA private labels, but also uh, softwares, agencies, whoever, you know, whoever's in, in our business and, and, and wants to sell. Um, we're trying to, I, I'm going to go through a presentation where I, I'll try to explain how to prepare for a sale. Um, knowing what we know today, I can say as a start that we're in a very good period. Um, the, the industry is, is now, you know, everybody knows it's, it's hot and it's booming and, you know, and there are many new, uh, commerce in our industry. Um, so, so it's a good time. And, and, and by the way, it's probably going to remain a good time in the, in the next year or two. So don't panic and, and throw your business now to the first who's asking. Um, our philosophy really is, uh, you know, it's a lifetime event. And if you do it, you want to do it right. You want to maximize the value. You want to get as much as you can out of, of this exit. So, uh, most of our clients, by the way, are those who are who want to maximize it and not not particularly a very quick sale for you know for whatever multiple. We're you know we're working mostly with those who uh, who are looking at the price. <laughs> um, and, and by the way, the buyers as well. We work mostly with with buyers who are not looking for uh, cheap businesses. Um, so um, so should I start? Yeah, I will show your presentation on the screen here and I'm going to hide me. Okay, but now I don't hear you. Do you hear me? Yes, I okay. still hear you. Right. Okay. <laughs> okay, so yeah, and we definitely see your screen and we're on the slide of Fortunate, part of the Amazon sellers community. Okay, cool. All right. Okay. 
All right. So, um, so I explained a bit about us, um, the three founders of the company. Um, there's Michal. She's the CEO of the company. Um, she brings the, the M&A knowledge. She's been dealing with uh, mergers and acquisitions in the last uh, 10 years. She's an attorney for 25 years. Um, I'm an attorney as well. Uh, in addition to Fortunate, I also own a law firm uh, that focuses on Amazon. We've been working with sellers over the last five years, uh, probably around 5,000 sellers. So we've been dealing with the with, you know, with Amazon issues and, and sellers for many years. Um, and the third partner is the next Amazon seller. Um, he exited and, you know, sold his business through us and joined us. He's also a CPA originally. Um, so the three of us founded the company together. We're 17. Um, and, and the rest of the team, these are analysts and financial, you know, and, and, and lawyers and everything you need uh, to kind of uh, make this deal happen. Um, so I want to start with, uh, with a few questions that we, we get a lot, and then we'll move to the details. Uh, one of the questions I, we're, I'm often asked is, uh, should I have a US company? Is it OK that I have uh, a Chinese company? Is it, is it OK that I have um, a Ukraine company, Ukrainian company? So, um, the answer is that most buyers are selling your assets. So they're, sell they're buying your trademark, they're buying your account, they're buying uh, you know, the listings and the copyrights, everything you have, but they're not buying your company. So basically, it doesn't really matter what you have. If it's a Chinese company or a French company, um, they will buy your assets. Um, that's true for most of the sales, for the larger ones, for transactions that we do um, you know, over 20 or over $15 million. Uh, sometimes we're talking about the, the sale of the company. Um, if, if, if there's a, there are transactions where, uh, you know, the buyer is, is interested in the team. So sometimes you would sell the company, but if we're talking about medium, uh, medium, small transactions and the average transactions, again, you, you sell the assets. Um, so don't worry about the type of company. Um, the second question that we, we get a lot is, uh, will I have to stay in the, in the business for, uh, for a long time after the sale? So, um, so here too, in most of the transactions, uh, the, the seller doesn't have to stay for long. Um, usually there's the training. And, you know, he's required, he or she is required to stay for about three months. In reality, it's usually about one month of training and that's it. If, you know, if we're talking about a buyer that knows what they're doing on Amazon. Uh, now, if we're talking about the larger transactions, um, in some of the larger transactions that we have, um, again, those uh, above $20 million, uh, for those when there's a team of 10 people, 15 people, when there's an entire operation, there the, the seller is required to stay more. And sometimes the seller wants to stay um, to make sure that he gets uh, the earn out. We're going to talk about the structures of the deal. So medium and small, um, you won't have to stay, not likely, but for larger businesses, um, that, that's a possibility. And again, not, not forever. Um, I want to talk about the, the types of buyers. So uh, 
most of us have heard about the aggregators, right? The Thrasios and there's Boosted who spoke here and, and Perch and a lot of companies that everybody knows. Um, they, they've raised uh, about, about $3 billion in, in, in equity and, uh, and lending. I mean, this is, we know them, about 60 companies. Um, usually the good thing about them is that the deal is very quick. They usually close within 45 days. Um, and uh, they're, they're very professional. They uh, they know what they're doing. Uh, what you what you want to do, uh, I guess, the mistake usually is where a seller um, gets an approach by one buyer and doesn't check the market. So we're going to talk about it later. But you want to make sure you saw the entire market because if you get one offer or two offers for for, for those who uh, approach you directly. Um, you may be missing out and leaving a lot of money on the table. So we're going to talk about the auction process later. But uh, if you're going for the aggregators, make sure you tap the entire market and all of them. Um, make sure also that you understand the structure. Um, it can be misleading. I had, for example, I had a client who told me um, I got an offer from one of the aggregators for 6x. I said, wow, this is great. And then he said, so it's 2x upfront, a multiple of two on the profit upfront, and then uh, a multiple of two in two years, and then et cetera, et cetera. I mean, that's, you know, you just sold your, your business for 2x. So you have to make sure that you know what you're doing when it comes to the structure and understand what they're uh, suggesting. Um, you also want to make sure that uh, it's balanced because the aggregators are doing those you know, those deals again and again. Um, they usually have a team of uh, a bunch of lawyers. They have a team of uh, M&A consultants, investment bankers. Um, so you want to make sure that you know what you're doing and that, it, you know, that there's a balance between you and, uh, and the buyer. Um, another type of buyer, I'm running fast because there's a lot to say today, uh, but feel free to stop me. Um, another type of buyer is the strategic buyer. So uh, the strategic one is uh, very relevant when you're selling in a specific niche. Uh, for example, I don't know, you're selling uh, toys for, uh, for girls. Um, so, so we may approach a buyer that is in this industry and not necessarily on, on e-commerce. Um, usually they want to take full control of the business uh, because they, you know, they want to own it entirely. Um, and we usually see higher multiples. It's relevant for the larger businesses. Usually you want to go through our process if it's a, if it's a small business, but for big businesses, um, it, and if you have time, uh, it may be worth it. Um, then there are the private equity firms and family offices. These are kind of newcomers in, in our industry. Uh, we're seeing them more and more. A lot of the deals go there uh, lately, especially the medium and large ones. Um, so uh, in the past, it was a bit difficult because they were too large uh, and they weren't really interested in Amazon businesses. But now the, those Amazon businesses are getting larger. Um, and, uh, and there are some of the private equities are kind of boutique private equities. And they have been looking at uh, e-commerce for a while. Um, so this becomes interesting. Again, the multiples are higher. They're willing to pay more. Um, but, it, you know, the, the deal can take more time than, uh, than for example, the, the aggregators. 
Um, sometimes the deal is interesting. You have, so you're selling part of it now and then the rest, let's say 80% now, and then you, you remain with 20% and you stay in the business um, and then you operate it. And then you get kind of the second bite of the apple, which can sometimes be bigger than the first one because you stayed and, and it's larger now. So you de-risk the, you de-risk first and then you enjoy uh, the profits later. Um, the last kind of buyer is, uh, is an Amazon seller. Uh, some of, uh, you know, we're seeing them more, more and more. Uh, those who get to 10 million sometimes want to buy another $1 million uh, uh, brand. Um, so it's becoming, uh, I mean, it's especially true for the, for the smaller uh, accounts. Um, sellers are usually not buying the, the larger accounts. What they do is sometimes they, they buy them to, um, to improve, kind of flip them, <laughs> to improve them and to sell them. Uh, we're seeing some, uh, some of them are those who did an exit. So they're buying and, and then flipping another business. Um, sometimes they're not so uh, experienced in the, in the process of, uh, of M&A. So, uh, so, so they'll need, they and you will need a consultant to help in those kind of transactions as opposed to the, the aggregators or private equities who are doing that all the time. Um, let's talk about the value of the business, okay? So we've discussed the, how the transaction looks like. It's, uh, as, as I said earlier, it's a, it's a sale of your assets. Uh, we talked about the kind of buyers. Let's talk about your, uh, your, what you're going to get, the value of your business. Um, so in this industry, we're talking about SDE. SDE is, uh, is the profit in other industries. We usually talk uh, in other industries about EBITDA. Um, in this case, it's a kind of EBITDA, but with addbacks. So uh, I'll, explain, I'll explain in a second how you calculate the SDE. But the SDE is the profit that you have, okay? Um, so you take the last 12 months, uh, so the profit in the last 12 months, and then you apply a multiple to that. Okay, so um, the multiples that we see can be anywhere between three to seven X on the, on the, on the profit, um, sometimes a little less, two and a half, let's say. Um, it can go higher than, than seven X. We've done recently uh, one of, uh, I think it was eight and a half uh, on, the, on the profit. But, you know, these are the common one that we, that we, we see. Uh, the most common one are uh, three to six X, I would say. Um, so, uh, so, so we're taking your profit, we apply a multiple, and to that we add the inventory. Okay, so the inventory is on top of that. Um, there's an example on the bottom. Uh, if you have 600K of, uh, of profit, you apply a multiple of 5.5. So the transaction is 3.3. Uh, um, and then the inventory on top of that. Yeah, we have a question. Yes. Um, first, I want to say hi to everybody who's on the live stream. Tim is watching along his drive today on YouTube. And um, Haroon wants to know, please discuss the prop process of how ownership is transferred. And are you going to talk about that later? Or uh, did you want to touch on no, that? Uh, so I'll, I'll explain. Um, so we're talking about transfer of assets. Um, so for the trademark, there's an assignment that we filed with the USPTO. Very simple. Takes about a week. 
And then there's the Amazon account. Uh, for that, what we do is we ask for Amazon's permission. The buyer, um, actually the, the current seller asks for permission. Uh, and then Amazon gives permission to change the ownership in the account. And then you go ahead from the computer of the seller, um, you change the ownership to the buyer. You change the legal entity, the bank account, the credit card, phone number, email, everything. Um, and you have to do it step by step. I know a lot of buyers do it uh, all at the same time. Uh, we like to advise buyers to do it step by step so that Amazon doesn't get panicked. Um, but the most important part is to get Amazon's permission. Without the permission, it's not it's not allowed to change the the ownership. Um, so that's the way it's been it's been going, and it, I haven't seen any problems. We've seen over a hundred of those uh, those migration we call it, um, and I've I've never seen an issue where it was uh, entirely suspended. I saw I think one issue where they raised something about related account, but the seller actually had a related account and it was sold. Um, so that's uh, that's the process. Another option is to transfer the listings of the seller to the account of the buyer. So the buyer kind of adds the product from his account, like a hijacker basically. And then, so the seller uh, sells out his inventory and when the seller finished the inventory, the seller continue, the buyer continues from the buyer's account. Oh, um, so got it. So they just kind of like relist it and exactly. like relist it under the buyer's inventory if it can't be transferred and it, exactly. the buyer just continues selling it from there. Yeah, exactly. That's what we do in, in Europe, by the way. In Europe, you cannot change the ownership in the, of the account. I mean, you can. It's extremely difficult and there are a lot of issues there. So, so that's how we do it in Europe. Um, you do have to transfer the brand registry if you're doing that. So you're, uh, awesome. you know, you're opening a case and, and that's what you do. And um, um, I just wanted to say hello to Monica and Monica says, greetings, y'all. Hi, Monica. <laughs> All right. So um, I'll let you get back to it. It's really informative thus far. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a lot of information and I'm sorry if it's, if I speak fast, I know I speak fast, but I want to get to, you know, all of it. Uh, and feel free to stop me. I love questions, so uh, so feel free to stop me. Um, so we were talking about how to calculate. So as we said, so the value of the account is the last 12 months, the profit in the last 12 months times uh, a certain multiple. Uh, we'll talk later how to, you know, which multiple you should get um, and plus the inventory. So, um, so how do you calculate this profit? So SDE, as opposed to EBITDA, uh, what you do is you take your revenue and you retract the cost of goods and shipping. Uh, you retract all of Amazon's fees, of course, uh, all the marketing expenses, you know, the PPC, obviously, and any other marketing that you're doing. Some, you know, some sellers are doing the rebate or other types of marketing. Um, and you retract the software like Helium 10 and other softwares that you're using or other direct expenses like um, VAs or, uh, or any other expense that's directly uh, related to the business and that the buyer will likely have to. What you add back, okay, what you do not include in that, uh, in that profit um, is the salary 
of the owner. Okay, you add that back. So it's not it's not an expense that we calculate there. Okay, so the salary of the owner um, and any one time expense like uh, a trademark that's not something that the buyer will pay because it it has already been done. Um, the owner's salary same is not going to have. The owner's salary, um, the rent, for example, I see a lot of sellers putting the rent and calculating that it's it's not it's not how it's calculated. So so we add everything back uh, to the profit. Okay, so very important. Um, I see you know at the end the value is based on the profit that you calculated, and remember that every dollar can be five dollar, can be six dollar. Um, so if you include, and I'm going to get to that later, but if you include an expense that you shouldn't have, um, of, uh, let's say 100 K of your salary, you just lost 500 K. Okay. Very, very important to know how to prepare this, uh, this P and L. Um, so that's, that's how we calculate the profit. And that's the way we, you know, you calculate the value of your account. Now, how do you know what multiples you should get? Um, so there are several factors, you know, based on our experience that buyers are looking at. Um, and as you said at the beginning, it helps to know what buyers are looking for, especially if you're creating a new brand now. Um, and, and, you know, if, if you have the exit, uh, in your head at the at the end of the process, then you should definitely know what they want. Um, so the first thing they're looking at, and I'm going to do it fast is, um, is this account growing? Is it growing year over, year over year? And that's very important because growing businesses get amazing multiples, um, flat businesses get okay multiples and declining businesses sometimes get bad multiples. Um, and you know, and it comes when we're, we're going to talk about when to sell. Um, so on the one hand, you want to sell when the account is growing, right? Right. I mean, you wanna you want the buyer to be happy. You want the buyer to to give you a good multiple, but you but when it's growing, you're saying, wait, if I wait a month or I wait more, I'll get more. So you you know you always think about when to sell because when you wait, you know, the more you wait, the more you'll get. But then there's a place where sometimes they start you know flattening. So um, so just remember that you can't wait so long you know you can't wait until it goes down okay um because because it will show that, that will affect the the multiple that will affect the the transaction um so that's about the growth of the account they're looking at the age of the account you know how long you've been operating um if it's trendy or evergreen i can say that um selling a trendy product is very difficult uh because buyers you know they buy something um, and they're thinking about how much time it will get um, to, you know, to cover the cost. Um, and if the, the product won't be there in a year, um, they won't, you won't get a multiple of five on that. So, uh, so that's the, about the, you know, the, the type of the product. So most of the buyers are talking about an evergreen product. Um, they're looking at reviews, obviously, uh, very difficult to sell um an account or a listing with you know three and a half uh in reviews or you know or, or three or four, four um they want you know they obviously want more than four and uh, hopefully four and a half or five um 
they look at they're looking at competition if you have patents that adds to the to the valuation so i you know when we start the process early with clients i always look can we patent something is there something we can protect to kind of take up the the valuation the value of this account um they're looking at the number of SKUs, and that's very interesting because um you know for some buyers a lot of SKUs is good because they're buying just one account and they don't want to put, you know, all the eggs in the same basket. So, so they want a diversity, but for others that are buying tons of accounts, like, you know, the aggregators, they don't want complicated, you know, complex accounts where you need a lot of people to manage it because 500 SKUs that, that takes time or 2000 SKUs that takes time. So, so the number of SKUs kind of depends on the type of buyers. Uh, but generally speaking, um, if you have less, that's generally good. Um, so we've had cases where we, uh, we, had to, we started the process um, and they got very few offers. And then we realized that if we, you know, with the clients, if we take down the number of SKUs, even if the profit will be a little less, the multiple can go up. And that's exactly what we did. We, we cut the number of SKUs by half um, and then they got amazing offers. Um, so remember that with the number of SKUs, when you choose the product, when you choose the, the, the category, if you're already there, you're already there. There's a buyer for everybody. It's just simpler with, uh, with less SKUs, I guess. Um, other other uh, factors uh, they're looking, of course, if you've been suspended, uh, how long do you need to manage this account? That's that goes with the number of SKUs, by the way. Um, the 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 accounts where we saw uh, the best valuations were businesses where uh, you know the seller just works uh, three hours a week on on this and and doesn't invest much, and there's like one or two SKUs, um, so it kind of goes together. Um, is it active in more than one market? I mean, is it only in the US or other markets? And that, by the way, can go both ways. So a lot of sellers are saying, wait, I'm only in the US. What will I do? And, you know, it will affect my valuation. On the contrary, the sellers are, the buyers are looking for expand, easy expansion. Um, so if you're only in the US, that's an easy expansion, just taking it to Europe or to Canada or to other uh, markets. So if, if you're there, great. Um, you know, if, if you can get there, amazing, because your, your profit will go up. But if you don't, don't worry about it. The buyer will do it, and it's a plus. Um, so, so that's about that. Um, and then there are other uh, factors around suppliers. How many do you have? Is it all around one supplier, or do you have a few options? Um, you know, they're thinking about the risk um can can you sold it uh, can you sell it in retail uh you probably uh, can can say much more about that um and then um that by the way is relevant for some of the buyers some of them are not not looking to go to retail and for, for some who come from that world it's it's very much relevant and then they're looking at the roi and and profitability um if you have any questions Stop me there. Um, well, I just love what you said about, um, you know, you. you don't need 800 SKUs. You don't need, you know, the your business is going to be worth more if you focus on just a few really great products that are 
cornering the market, good branding, good differentiation, you know, and, and are making good sales, right? Versus if you have 500 commodity products that anyone can source and, you know, it's just, it's not as, as valuable to a buyer because then they can take those few products that really represent a brand and expand them not only into multiple marketplaces, but, um, but into retail, if they would like it, it, looks like a juicier offer to a buyer instead of, you know, 500 different SKUs that they now have to organize and try and figure out, you know, (laughs) how to make it work. So I love, uh, I love that because that's really what we focus on in the concept to launch program at amazing at home. We focus on building brands with a few really, really great products, getting them selling, controlling our price because if you have a really great product that is differentiated and built just for the customer you can control the price you don't have to you know do all these kind of crazy giveaways and stuff so that is a question that i have for you is if someone is doing the model where they're basically ranking a product and and they ranked it basically on kind of giveaways and reviews um is that easy for a buyer to kind of see through that? And do they know it's going to be very difficult for them to kind of keep that product in the top position? Or how do they look at that? So sometimes, you know, once it's done, it's done. And the reviews are there. So, uh, you know, for in many cases, you know, sellers are doing rebates and they have several techniques for, for launching the products. And sometimes it's not completely white hat and you know buyers are have heard about everything they know about everything they will know about what you did because they're doing a due diligence and you'll go through everything um so when it's extreme black hat and you know something that puts in in danger the the you know all your reviews um that's that's an issue uh, but if, if these are the regular techniques and this has been done like two years ago or a year ago, okay. And since then there are sales and everything goes well. Um, you know, the buyers are not, are not that concerned about it. Um, right. It's so, just if, if you basically got, you know, 400 reviews in an hour. <laughs> yeah. And you know, you're, a problem. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But if, if you genuinely used regular techniques that most people use in the beginning when they're launching a product you got nothing to worry about it's just if um you know if if you are really fighting to stay in the top position and two years later you're still fighting well in that case your your roi and your profitability isn't going to be great anyway so i think that um that no matter what it will devalue your business so it's just something to think about when people are choosing their products they really need to think about, okay, is this a product that a buyer is going to be interested in buying if I can really corner the market? Or is it something that is, um, you know, so easy for anyone to source and there's going to be a lot of competition and profitability is going to be hard, right? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. yeah. It's, I mean, the buyer is looking at it just like you at the end. I mean, they, they, it's they're afraid to put five million dollars or ten million dollars on the on something that's shady uh but they will if it's something that's been stable and you know and and you launch like everybody else i think that today 
Amazon is stricter when it comes to, uh, to you know, to, to rebates, for example. Um, we've seen we've seen a big wave in the last six months around review manipulation, um, and and Amazon, you know, is it, not easy these days. So if you pass the this wave, um, and and if you're okay now and you're you're not using these techniques anymore, um, you should you should be fine. Um, today, basically, the only way to uh, to get reviews uh, in in the eyes of Amazon is basically PPC. I mean, they, the the only way to launch is that today. They kind of killed everything in their terms of service. Um, but I don't know many many sellers who just don't do anything. So, really right. depends on on you know on your style and risk tolerance. Um, buyers are have a risk tolerance uh, until a certain point. So, uh, so, so, so that kind of answers the question, I think. Yeah, I agree. Yep. It, your product choice matters. Your suppliers matter. All of these different things that you're looking into matters. So it's awesome. Thanks for tuning in to part one of this episode. Join us every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time for live Q&A and bonus content after the recording at sellerroundtable.com. Sponsored by the ultimate software tool for Amazon sales and growth, SellerSEO.com and AmazingAtHome.com.